This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For all, NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. We are here, guys. I'm actually super... Hype isn't the right word, but I'm super fine, Justin. Unlike the rest of Dub's Twitter right now and many Warriors fans, I feel good on the vibe scale. I'm probably about an eight still. And uh, yeah, I'm not really stressed out about this L. I would have liked the win. They should have won. But mm-hmm. I, I really feel okay. So let's start there with how are you feeling? The Warriors lost tonight. In Steph's return after having a five-game home streak. Um, part of the reason I really just wanted the W because I swear I'm so fucking tired hearing about the road record versus the home record shit. Like I like it's like every time Slater does the the Warriors haven't won an overtime game since then, or they're one in this, you know, like I'm so fucking tired of hearing about these stats. Um, because they're real, I understand, I get it, but like at the end of the day, like they're just not going to matter for purposes of the postseason. So I don't care. Um, but I keep hearing them, so I'm tired of hearing them. So I wanted them just to win, to win, but they didn't. So whatever, they didn't. But I'm still not that like low or anything like that. And I'll explain why I'm not. But I feel fine. How are you feeling, Justin? Yeah, I feel cool too, especially considering um, they didn't lose any ground in the standings um they had just won five games in a row so you know the vibes start going down when you start stacking losses you know what i mean like it was a frustrating loss and it was a loss that we all know could have been prevented um the way they started and the way they finished the game just wasn't on par with what it needs to be defensively for them to you know do anything major in the postseason so hopefully they can, you know, get back on track with that and find a way to defend on the road. But overall, like, you know, it is what it is. AD goes for almost 40. I think he might have had 40. Um, you know, it, it, it's just another game, 82 games. And it's at the point in the season again where it's like if the Warriors are at 40 wins right now instead of 34 and they lose the same way, people aren't really throwing their arms up in the air. It's just the fact that, they're trying to get to a certain point, um, avoid the play in and all that type of stuff. And it's like, uh, we, we thought we had some momentum and it's a frustrating loss. So, you know, it is what it is. And it's the Lakers, so people are going to be mad. Yeah, against the Lakers without Braun. Listen, they did have some momentum because they had one loss doesn't mean that they don't. Like if they go and they win like the next three or four games, then 
you're just this, like this one L in the grand scheme of things. Um, that Memphis game, game is going to be interesting because that's not their next game, but I felt like this LA game and then the next game against OKC are the ones that they really tried needed to try to go for because I was already feeling like the game in Memphis was going to be harder, but it's going to be a very dramatic game. Like <laughs> Jaws going to be mm. coming back after all of this drama with him. So we don't need to spend a lot of time on that right now, but like, it's just, so that can just go one of two ways, right? Like they rally and play really well because he got back and he apologized and the city's like forgiving to him. And it's like all this <laughs> you know, just emotional extra shit. Um, but they're dealing with some other stuff too. I mean, they lost Clark for the season, which is really unfortunate. Like, never want to see a player injured, an Achilles, that type of injury. So, but that's a big loss for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a big loss for them. Yeah. Yeah, their bigs. I, I mean, their bigs aren't really. Yeah, their bigs. The, the situation with their bigs is like not the best right now. Um. Their team is just kind of in a real rough spot right now. They they built a cushion, and this is partially why you want to build an early season cushion because when things get a little rough later on in the season, you aren't in danger of falling too much. You know, they can potentially fall to three, and the Kings can overtake them for the second spot, but they are nowhere near close to falling out of the play in. I mean, out of the playoffs. Um, so I don't know. They they the Warriors get up for Memphis, so it could be. <laughs> One of those things where, like Christmas, where it's like, all right, you know Memphis is going to come in hype, but the Warriors' experience and, you know, the fact that they really don't like Memphis can definitely, you know, pull out another gear for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I don't even, like, I know they can beat Memphis. It's not really that. It's just that, like, by the third game of a road trip when you're playing every other night, you're just sort of tired by that third game. So I kind of felt like they should really go for it on these first two games. Um, because I want that. I wanted them to win at least two out of three and that's still possible, but they got to win the next two, you know, and then they come back mm -hmm. home to chase for like a little quick breather. So um, we'll see, we'll see what they do in terms of this game. Similar to you. I mean, they just won five games and I just, the Warriors, what they've shown kind of this season, I'm not going to say like always, but when they sort of have like, for whatever reason, you would think that Steph comes back and it would just be a boost to them. But it seems like many of the players have like struggles readjusting to like what they do when he does come back. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, it's, he's, he's the guy. So everybody has to take a step back, a slight step back. And for other players, a bigger step back. Also, Andre came back, so he was reintegrated. And some of the forwards, like Kaminga, had a had a tough time adjusting to that, and he didn't have the best game. I do think, you know, in the long in the long run, they'll figure it out. But it's going to be another adjustment period when Wiggins comes back. So <laughs> this is why you want them to all be healthy, and even Gary too. That's why you want them to all be healthy for an extended stretch, so they can get that get those kinks out, get the rust out, and just kind of all play to the best of their abilities in their roles that they're going to be playing in the playoffs. Or get a nice yes. matchup in the first round because they'll have to figure it out sort of like what they did with Denver last year, right? For sure. um, listen, um, yeah, I mean, 
I think that's why sometimes I don't understand why people get so crazy. It's like, it's the first game back with Steph. He's on a minutes restriction. They lost Draymond at a crucial point in the game in the first quarter because they were already struggling and then they lost him. And then they sat Steph and like all the defense just went like straight to ass, you know? And so (laughs) it's like, thankfully they got Dre back, but like we have to realize now he's playing with a pretty uncomfortable injury to his finger and it may not affect his defense that much, but it probably will affect his shooting. Not that he's like the biggest, best shooter anyway, but it probably will affect his shooting some. So now he has to adjust to that injury. Um, It doesn't, I mean, he came back and played tonight. So on some level that shows me their desperation because I feel like at an earlier point in the season, they would have just said, okay, we're not going to like bring him back tonight. And he came back and played. Right. So you had all of that just going on. There's still no Andrew Wiggins. We we don't have GP2 back. And plus, you know, Steph is on a minutes restriction. So it's just like, guys, relax, you know? And they, they were in the game. They got back in the game. They tied the game. They never took the lead. But, I mean, mm-hmm. after they got back in the game, they pretty much stayed within distance the whole time. And it was like a competitive back and forth at times. At times when, sorry, at times when you had a period where I think I once saw like there was no Clay, Steph, or Dre on the court, <laughs> you know, there was an extended time. Yeah, that, that's crazy to me, to be honest. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But there was a time that I saw that. Um like I, I'm just gonna say I was not pleased with like a lot of these Kerr lineups tonight. I get that it's tricky because like Steph is on a minutes restriction, but I just and then Dre hurt himself. So I'm gonna, I guess, let that go. But I just I really don't think there should be a time when like Steph and Dre are both off the court for like extended periods of time. I just that doesn't make sense to me. Um and I I sometimes would like I wish that rather than taking the approach that, okay, I want to preserve them. So I have them at the end that sometimes maybe just go for the kill a little bit early. Like when they have the momentum, don't be like, okay, we're back in it. So now let me go sit them Mm -hmm. and try to see if the guy, because I feel like that's how you let those other fucking teams get back in it. You know, it's like Steph is on a heater in the fourth. Like, let them just yeah. go a little bit longer and maybe build a lead. Maybe let them get the lead. But like, you know, um, especially when it's a night where Jordan isn't playing that well, mm-hmm. you know, and he's not hitting shots. And, you know, the only other reliable person you arguably have on offense is Clay. You know, it wasn't a night where like Dante was having one of those nights where he was hitting threes. There was no like Jermichael. Like there was no one else really doing damage like that offensively so like to me it just feels like a night where like you really got to rely on Steph and Clay you know or your main guy so go for it that that's how I feel like if you're gonna bring Trey back into a game where his finger is like is messed up you know what I mean like go for it that's how I feel Mm -hmm. that that so me and you were talking about this 
off, you know, off air because I'm just like, you know, everyone's like, you know, Steph's going to have a menstrual restriction. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, just whatever, like play him because at this point you guys have to win games. You yeah. don't, you don't lose anything in the standings tonight. You don't, but y'all have a hard stretch over March. You have a hard stretch over March. It'd be different to me if you were down by like 20, 30 points and it's just a lot of energy to exert, but you're right there. You get the game yeah. within one, you get the game, like go for it. Don't be like, okay, let me get a quick little two minute break for them. And then now they got to come in and try to make back up a five point deficit, a seven point deficit, and then still take the leap. Like those are the times I have an issue with things. I just, I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, especially when Steph clearly has it going. Like, if he's out there and he's struggling and he's not in rhythm and turning it over and stuff like that, then sure, give him a breather or whatever. But if he's scored well, – he scored or assisted on their first, like, 16 points or something like that in the fourth quarter, and um, he would have – they would have tied the lead up if – or they would have tied the score up if Draymond had made that free throw on the end one, and then he missed that, and then Steph traveled, and then they took him out. And it's like, hmm – I don't know, right? Like that—that that was the moment right there where they definitely should have just rolled it out a little bit. And you never know; they can continue that run, get some stops, and then, you know, it could have ballooned to a five, six-point lead for the Warriors at some point. And then at that point, it's just maintenance instead of, like you said, having to come back in and they're down by five points. And now you got to make up another uh, deficit when the Lakers are in rhythm at this point and stuff. And, and I Anthony do think it was a little been bit of eating all night. He's been eating all right. night. And and the other thing too is that it's not just that you know you got to come in and make up a deficit but it's also like how they play when you got to make up the deficit because like I felt like to close and like out that game they just took like to me ill-advised shots like that weren't, you know, I know like there was another time when the game got close and then I think you tweeted like when Jordan learns to stop taking shots like that. Now, like that wasn't at the end of the game, but like he just took like this three, like just a stupid mm-hmm. fucking shot. But even then there was like a point where I think the Lakers maybe went up four or five in those last few minutes. And then Steph came back and took the three. Like you didn't need that three. Like y'all could have just, and the thing is, cause you, you guys were doing well, basically for the most part, getting to, to the basket you know they were they were scoring like that all night you know and so now they missed that and I'm just like okay I already see what's coming now they're gonna all like he's gonna try to go for three Clay's gonna try to go three and of course they are the splash bros they can make shots I understand that I get it but like I just feel like when when it always has to come to that every game y'all lose a lot of those games yeah I agree I agree with the overall point I do think this particular game they were kind of given those threes. So the the Jordan ones, nah. But the ones at the end of the game that Steph and Clay took, I live with those just because AD's parked in the paint. You know, Draymond gets a, a decent enough screen for them to get a little bit of um, space. And they were hitting shots. So Steph and Clay in particular, they were hitting threes. So I live with those. But in general, when you're playing against teams who don't have Anthony Davis in the paint, um, they don't have like an elite rim protector like that. And teams aren't sagging off Draymond all the way into the paint. Then for sure. I mean, and Steph probably could have you know, took a dribble point. inside and hit a mid-range, though. Exactly. And also, too, like, 
I get it. Like Steph does not get a lot of fouls that he could, but to me, there were some guys that he could like drew some fouls on as well. And like, mm. you could have stopped the clock and you could have, that's what I mean. Like to me, it's not always about you getting to the rim and actually making a basket because yeah, 80's there. Right. And I think earlier I tweeted that too, because there were points when like 80 wasn't on the floor and I see these guys going for mad threes. I'm like, son, mm-hmm. 80 is not mm-hmm. on the floor. If y'all don't fucking drive to the back, if y'all don't drive to the basket, you know, it just, I don't understand. Yeah. And that, I mean, Steph is, when it, when push comes to shove, Steph is going to do that. And he did that this game. He got to the rim. He drew a few fouls. He just didn't do it in the last possession. But it really has to be Jordan. It really, it has to be Jordan, right? Clay, yes, you're 6'7". He doesn't have the handle or the burst that Jordan has, but he can get to the rim and, and stuff like that. But Jordan, you have the burst, you have the finishing ability, you have the tricks with the handle and stuff like that, that Euro steps and all that. You got to make it a really like make it a point to get to the rim. Like this year, his jump shot has significantly regressed, both as a three point shooter and as a free throw shooter. So I think it's just something going on with his touch overall that just you need to get to the rim, right? But this season has also been his highest volume um, at the rim season, right? He's taking the highest amount of twos and he's playing the most minutes in his, of his career, but he's taking the highest amount of twos that he has in his career. He's shooting pretty close to his um, to his best at the rim and stuff like that. It's like, this is your superpower. This is what makes you different. Like, this is what makes you such a good score because you can blend those things together. But I think he might've hit, his first two or three threes. And from there, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm splashing at you. Yeah, it's like, bro, get to the rim. Especially, like you said, especially when 80's not in the game. If 80's in the game, I can I can see, like, all right, little reluctance going to the rim because yeah. he's an amazing rim protector. He's one of the greatest defensive players of all time, especially when it comes to protecting the rim. But if he's not in there, nobody can stop you, bro. Like, just get to the rim. Even if it's to draw multiple defenders and kick it out, you have to, have to add that extra dynamic to the team because anybody on this team at any point could just launch a three. That's all they've been doing. So somebody has to be the guy to get to the rim, draw multiple defenders, finish in the paint, shoot the floaters. His floater is money. His mid-range is money. You just got to expand your game a little bit. And it's been disappointing that whenever Steph and Clay play, it's kind of like he's like, I can do what they do. So he launches threes. And it's like, how about you just add a different dynamic than, than what they bring? And that's what really will take the team to the next level. And we saw in the finals last season, he was he was really struggling against Robert Williams. Um, until he started leaning into his mid-range, stopped shooting as many threes, try to really attack those guys, and he starts seeing some success towards the end of the series, and it really helped him. Yeah, you know, it's frustrating when Jordan does that. And also, I just still give him a little grace because he's yanked around so much in this lot, in, in, in this this whole season. I mean, that really, mm-hmm. that's been his whole career, basically, on this team it's like steps out clays out this person's injured start go to the bench do this tonight do that be like Steph, lead this you, you know so i feel it's okay. hard for him to just like he doesn't have a defined role on this team i mean you have a defined role in the in the aspect of like they need you to be a third scorer for the team and 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 stuff like that but it's just it's it it looks different on every night and i don't know if he knows from night to night what what's needed for him i don't know that he gets it so clearly it's it's definitely tough for a young player um but again like things control what you control at the end of the day you can control your your 
aggression towards the basket every single game. Your shot might come and go, but you can get to the rim and make plays, um, whether you starting, coming off the bench, whatever. And I do think mentally kind of weighs on them a little bit. Like, it's kind of like a checkout factor. It's like, well, I'm not starting again. I'm about to play 20 minutes instead of 30. Um, like, I don't feel like going to the rim. I'm going to just shoot threes, you know? I hope that's not what it is, but I'm sure it's a little bit of that in there. Um, but this is why I tweeted the other day, like Kerr has to figure out a way to keep all three of his main scores, um, excluding Wiggins, like engaged in a way that they can be the best version of themselves. Like obviously, you know, Clay's not going to be 27 a game, not a steps back. And JP's not going to be 26, 27 a game, not a steps back, but just keeping them mentally engaged, attacking the way that they should be attacking. Cause like I said, they should be putting up, crazy numbers offensively like every every game they should be putting up 115 to 120 easily i mean uh, i do feel like talent. i wish i do actually feel like i wish they also made a concerted effort with wigs as well like i'm not expecting him to be up there with them as well but he also sometimes gets lost in the offense because they don't it's just like get it where you get it figure it out you know and i feel like that really underutilizes a lot of what he can do as well yeah. I mean, it's a lot of, hey, Draymond and Looney, we need to involve you directly in the action or else you won't get guarded. So it's a it's Looney and Dray making a lot of decisions with passing and Draymond just nine times out of 10 is going to default to passing to Stephen Clay doing some type of handoff action. So it just it just ends up being that. But if they do implement a little bit more post ups for Wiggins, a little bit more high ball screens for JP and for Steph and even for Clay, um, I think it just can yield much better results over the course of the game. I think they've been more more willing to adapt defensively than offensively, and I think they can benefit from adapting offensively a little bit more as well. Yeah. All right. Um, you know what? Why don't we – I mean, look, I mean, there's not much more to say. I mean, I think we both kind of feel like – at the end of the day, when really there's nothing that hurts them in this, meaning they're still in fifth. They have a whole fifth. And that's what I said the other day because like the Mavs had lost a couple or whoever. So like, even though the Mavs lost again tonight and now, I mean, instead of having a two game lead, they only have a one game lead, but they're still in fifth, you know? So the, 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 the worst thing about tonight is that they had, excuse me, they were only one game back of the Suns, but now they're two games back. And in reality, it's three games back because getting a tie with the Suns doesn't matter because they owe the tiebreaker, right? So, and I kind of looked at their schedule and I just, I don't, I don't see three games coming quickly <laughs> and they got to lose three and we got to keep winning. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it really, they really can't far fall too far behind them. Um, there's still a chance though to get four, but they, they really, they got to win games, you know? And I mean, they got, I think the Suns have the Bucks coming up soon. We can talk about that a little bit later, but that, that's to me, like the biggest thing and and really see the thing about it is it doesn't really matter to me at this point like people are like I want them to still get three I'm like three four doesn't really make a difference because the second round they're likely to just be seeing a higher seeded team anyway in that second round so three or four in terms of like 
home court and how they finish doesn't matter. It just really means that they're just really just going to get home court for the first round, right? So there, to me, there's not really a big difference in trying to get three versus four. The only point in trying to chase four is that you're guaranteed a home court round um, mm-hmm. the first round. So anyway, um, I want to kind of talk about some of the players, though, um, in the game. So why don't we switch gears and 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 kind of talk about what you saw from some of the different we can talk about i'm saying you both of us but let's talk about some of what we saw from some of the different players tonight ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. So, um, let's start with Draymond because he gets hurt in this game. And at first you're just like, doc, damn. But then he has to go back to the locker room. And now I'm like nervous, you know, because I'm just like, please don't let anything be broke. That's like the... The first thing I'm thinking, you know, Um, and then like when they were like replaying the video and it was clear that it was like his finger, I felt better already because I'm like, okay, at least it's a finger and not like his hand. (laughs) So his whole hand wrist. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a broken finger still wouldn't be ideal, but you know, I'm like, it's still probably enough time to heal and him come back for the playoffs, but that wouldn't be ideal. But finger just feels better to me than like wrist hand, right? So, um, so then like they're just like it's an injury, it's questionable. So I'm just like, but they didn't say whether the X-rays were negative. I mean, we we since learned later in the game that they were, but they didn't say that. So I'm just like, at this point now, I, I don't even care that the Warriors are down twenty. I'm just like, what the hell? This season is really like last year in the sense that like one comes back then the next one goes out one comes back and I was just like we cannot lose you know Draymond Green right now so I was I I was thankful that it wasn't so bad that they were like especially a cautious health 
health staff, like uh, medical staff, like the warriors that they allowed him to come back out. But I was a little like, when I saw the way his hand was, I was like, son, like just don't even play him again tonight. Like I'm fine taking this out, but like, I don't want him risking further injury. So I was personally nervous the whole night he was playing. How are you feeling? Yeah, once I saw he came back with the hand wrap thing, I was like, uh, it's it's all right. You know the Warriors, how they how they operate with things. They're so cautious. I think if he was not good enough to play, they would definitely would have would have crossed him off. But um Yeah, and I was like, he's not he's not a scorer anyway. But I mean, he was finishing well for for the most part this game. He was seven for eleven, mostly all layups inside. So I wasn't too worried about him. Um we'll see what they say going forward, but I think overall his game was which he may have missed anyway, but I it's to the extent that he shoots, I feel like it's gonna affect his shooting more than it will affect him finishing like right at the rim. Right. And I think I mean he should just be trying to finish mostly at the rim anyway. So um yeah, it it is it is what it is with him. I think he played mostly a, a decent game. Uh could have been a little bit better in the second half if he didn't sit in the middle of their run but uh yeah I like I like Draymond uh tonight I mean he he didn't do his typical uh I I think early in the game they kind of let AD get a little bit too hot and then from there it was it was a wrap he usually does a really good job on AD early and 80s out of rhythm for the rest of the game um but it, that wasn't the case this game. And then he got hurt, obviously. So AD got even hotter. And it was kind of like, uh, eh, ain't really now doing it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Loon was struggling tonight. He was fouling. Not a great night for JK. So our front court was struggling out there. And I mean, look, Anthony Davis is a great player. So there's no shame in that. But they were struggling which is why you mm-hmm. tell me why I was forced to see Anthony Lamb so much. So I didn't really feel like he was doing like so much better either. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, outside of Steph Clay, Dre was cool. I just didn't really feel like they got, I mean, Dante was fine defensively, but he didn't have much offensively tonight. Um in terms yeah. of scoring, in terms of scoring, you know, he had like some good finds and stuff like that. But I mean, it just wasn't like he's, I mean, he always has his impact on games, but like he has some games, you know what I mean, where he hits threes and he, you know, he just wasn't doing it in that way tonight. So I, I actually like, now I got to really go back and watch the game because I'm like, how did they manage to keep it so close? They just had like, like spurts of like little runs that they went on. Yeah, I mean Steph, Steph and Clay hit shots. They were what nine for twenty three from three, which is yeah. you know, decent. Uh, I mean Dante had eleven points. I think I think that's as good as you can ask for him with with Steph back. Maybe yeah. I just feel like he didn't make most of the threes that he tried to take. Yeah, he was what two for six, and then he missed one late. That that would have been a huge one. Um, I think they really it really hurt them with JP not scoring as much as he usually does and could and Kaminga also not really shooting you know finishing the ball well and stuff like that he had a few opportunities to just get 
nice layups, but they were contested and he just didn't make them. And I think that's definitely something that can take him to another level in the league. And eventually, hopefully he can get to, you know, elite finishing because he has the bounce to do it. And he just got to, he just got to do it. And he has decent footwork too, but he just, he doesn't finish it a lot of the time. Right. So a lot of times if it's not a dunk, then it's kind of 50, 50 with him and he has to get to that. And it's something that he can learn from Wiggins because Wiggins is amazing at the little push shots and stuff like that. I think it's, it's like, we, we want Wiggins to dunk more often, Um, but he's really good at the little hooks, the little push shots close to the rim. He he's been an elite finisher since he came into the league. So hopefully Joku can kind of pick some of those tricks up and some of that touch around the rim. Um, Cause then you got two really good rim finishers and, and that, that would, you know, that would be huge for them. Any chance you think his handle will improve? Cause Wiggs handle hasn't even after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Joku's handle will improve for sure. I think he, he has the creativity. Um, he has the burst and the strength. It's just a matter of being able to keep it attached to him when he moves. I don't think he has to be like, you know, Kyrie Irving or anything like that. But if he can even get to Andre Iguodala, a close to Andre Iguodala level where it's like, it just stays with him. You know, like wherever he goes, it stays with him. He doesn't lose it. Then you can really use your athletic gifts because your burst, the first step is going to be there. You know, it just got to make sure the ball moves with him when he goes. So I think either the handle or the jump shot or both can be his path to you know, all-star level player. Cause then at that point you can really utilize your athletic gifts. Now Loon had a little point in the game when he wasn't fouling that he like was sunning Anthony Davis. Like, did you like, you know, he got 80 up in the air and he mm-hmm. had like a couple of shots at the rim. He did a little stuff. I said, who is this? Why can't I just get Loon like this all the time? Why do I only see this like once every like 15, 20 games? But I was like, <laughs> okay, so let me not totally undersell him because that was like a really important stretch in the game actually it was it was like it really three was. possessions in a row yeah yeah that was big that was probably his yeah that was like his all his points right there too <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta like you gotta go at ad you can't just let him you know completely deter you like you got to try him a few times especially with the bigger body guys who can kind of jump into him and stuff like that and Steph has been doing this for years this is why AD rarely beats Steph in a game and he rarely really affects Steph is he jumps straight into AD's body you got to do that with, with shot blockers um because it kind of zaps a little bit of their jump throws their timing off obviously it makes them a little bit more susceptible to fouling you because their hands are coming down but Loon did a good job those few possessions, just jumping straight into AD's chest and then finishing on the way down. And that's kind of what you got to do. Well, what did you, how did you feel about Andre tonight? I think, I thought he was good, to be honest. Um, you know, the shot making is stuff, it's like, it comes with him. That's why, like, even with Dante, it's like, it's a plus if they're hitting shots where, I mean, Dante's a little bit more of a, an illegitimate shooter than Andre was. So you kind of hope he can hit shots, but they do so many of the other things that it's like, all right, any type of scoring from them is a bonus. Um, and Andre was doing what he, what he did when he, when he played earlier this season, just defending him and Draymond together on the court defensively has just been amazing. Uh, hopefully they can sustain it. Both of them can remain healthy, but he rebounds. He knows where to go. He know he just knows how to play basketball at a high level. It's just a matter of if his body can, can handle it. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, he was a what, a plus. He was a plus eleven in fourteen minutes. He was a big part of the run that they were going on. I think early in the fourth or at some point in the game, Draymond was a plus six, and it's because they could defend. Um, so that's 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 what I think about Andre. And I've kind of always hinted at him coming back. Like, hey, if we can get Andre, it's because he can defend and rebound. That's what they need. So. Yeah, I hope Clay doesn't feel like because these guys are back now that he should stop rebounding. He needs to keep rebounding. <laughs> right. Yeah, five. Yeah, five today. So. Yeah. So, um, so, so there was a tweet from Anthony Slater, um, before tonight, today's game, and he said, "Well, surprise, Andre Iguodala is coming back with Steph Curry," and so that likely means, at least in the near future. Like the very, very immediate near future, probably the Warriors would delay signing Anthony Lamb. Or, you know, it's not even definite or said that it will be Anthony Lamb who they signed to that last spot, but it seems pretty clear they're not going to go after anybody on the buyout market. So they wanted Kevin Love, couldn't get him, and I don't think they've expressed interest in anyone else. I mean, I'm actually pretty surprised that Brooklyn was the team that got Nerlens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they don't even have a chance to actually compete this year. So, um, and it's on a 10 day. Is that a 10 day? It's on a 10 day contract. Yeah. I did not realize that because, <laughs> you know, our friend Jeremiah, the Suns fan, he was like, man, I really wanted, you know, the Suns to get him or, you know, or at least you guys to get him. And I'm like, yeah, I did too. But I mean, I feel like the Suns or the Warriors probably could have got him. So my my guess is that neither team went after him. That would be my guess. Right. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I guess they all know something we don't know. Because I mean, to me, they're both lacking. Yeah, I don't think they really. I don't think the Suns need them really. They got they got length and they got bigs. They they need like wing defenders, point of attack guys, quick guys. I think because they got Katie, they got Aiden. You know, that's that's enough size inside. I guess Aiden was tonight in that Mavs game, not having that much impact though. But that's another story. Um, right. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, you know, I don't think he really trusts Aiden, and a lot of the Suns fans don't. So maybe that's where that was coming from. I was surprised. I mean, I clearly wasn't thinking about Nerlens for any team but the Warriors. So. But they did not go after him. And so it doesn't seem like they're interested in anyone else. And so I don't know if they're going to fill that that final spot. Uh, they have a few more games that they can use Ty Jerome for. But, like, it doesn't seem like he would actually get minutes now with Steph back and, like, everybody. So it's like I'm a little unclear what they're going to do. Um he was active tonight, Anthony Lamb. And Mm -hmm. to me, it seemed clear that Kerr was going to definitely utilize him so as not to have to play Andre that much. Um, Right. So... I think that was the plan. I I think that was the plan, and then Kaminga just didn't have good minutes, so Lamb got all those minutes. Okay, so now, I mean, Lamb is done unless they sign him. We, I mean, that could happen. They could sign him. But right now, 
I don't know if they're going to sign him like tomorrow or they're going to wait a little bit longer. So it's like, are you going to play? Are you going to play um, Andre Moore? Maybe they know something about when Wiggs may be coming back. I just, I know he's dealing with the family matter and God, I hope, I hope whatever's happening resolves, but it's like, I can't imagine that they have no sense, even though they're not saying anything to us. Like they just have no sense of when he may be coming back. I mean, that seems a little unrealistic to me. So I wonder if it's like a, they have a sense when Andrew will be back. And so, cause I mean, really once Andrew's back, what, what is, you don't necessarily need lamb, but is it like a, well, God forbid something happens with one of these guys. Let's just have that extra body. But like, if we're going into the postseason playing, playing lamb, then I like, I, <laughs> you know, then I, I like, I can't take the team seriously, Justin. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, if Wiggins ain't playing, it's going to be tough. <laughs> um, and I mean, Lamb played what 27 minutes tonight. Dante played 37 minutes. You would imagine 35 of those minutes combined go to Wiggins. Um, so, yeah, I think when Wiggins comes back, Lamb probably still will play if he's signed just because of as a front court player spacing and stuff that Kerr likes that he can provide, especially when they play against teams that do what the Lakers did today, which is sag completely off of Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. You need a, a four or somebody who's playing the four to make the defense think twice about it or make them pay for doing it by hitting threes. So How many I guess we're going to have to see. I think he made two. He, he made two. One of them was a big one, but – you know, like I said, Wiggins is going to be taking a lot of those shots. The one that tied yeah. the game was the only big one. But you know what? You know what he did? Also did? He gave up he a fucking three at the end of the, 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 what was that, the third quarter or the half? He gave up that three to Reeves, was it? You know? And then there was another three yeah. where he, he was late to close out. He wasn't near, you know, and I'm like, Andre, I, that wouldn't have happened if Andre Iguodala was the, in the game. See, that's the shit that cancels out those fucking threes for me that he makes. You know, it's like, because I feel like even when he makes it, he's going to give it back on defense. That's mm-hmm. how I feel, Justin. And you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. There's a reason why he's on the fringe of an NBA roster. Um, but like we said, hopefully Wiggins can come back soon. He's a legitimate all-star caliber player. So that is obviously a huge upgrade in your team when you're going from a guy who's barely on the team to a guy who's legitimately an all-star <laughs> um and i think people are underestimating how big of an impact that makes so just got to get the team healthy at least just give me give me 15 games to end the season at least <laughs> 12 to 13 games with everybody so we can really really get it cracking but yeah just hope wigs is good um I think that's the other thing that sort of bugs me about the way people are sort of responding to this. It's like, why don't y'all remember that our team hasn't been like intact for most of the season? season. You know, so, I mean, you know what? Yeah, I mean, we can get into that, but I just, is there anybody? Is there are there any other players we're missing tonight? We're not thinking of anything in terms of just the game itself. 
Um, Steph. Nah. Uh, I think Steph looked Steph good. Looked good in his return. I mean, he missed like his he first did. couple of shots, but he got into rhythm pretty quickly. And um, sure. I, like apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently, I heard there were some people mad or getting mad at him for like being passive or different. I'm just like, here we okay. go. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same stuff. I want to say a different word, but. It's the same stuff every time Steph plays. Like, he ends with 27 points, and people are mad that he didn't end with 57 points. It's like, we get it, right? He took 20 shots and six free throws. I don't understand how that's passive. Um, and ultimately, he runs with plays that are called. I mean, so they, they have autonomy to call some plays. And there was a stretch in the game where he legitimately was just getting the ball and calling for a screen, and they were getting good actions out of it every single time. And I think that he did that at the beginning of the fourth. And he gets taken out of the game. I don't think you can – he doesn't have control over that. You know, like he can try to trump whatever Kerr says. But at the end of the day, that's out of his hands. I think he was playing a hell of a game, especially to start the fourth, but then position to win. In the first quarter. So, I mean, it wasn't – like when he first came and, back. And I said, and he does that even – like he does that – like it looked like he was making a concerted effort. Like let's get Clay going early so he's, you know, in rhythm and, and – and Clay had the first nine to I don't know however many points, 12 points for the team. Clay's been on a heater since January 1. Like, <laughs> right. You know That's what, what it Clay. looked like for me. Like, he wanted to make sure, like, let's keep Clay in rhythm. Let's keep him going or whatever. And he was in there sort of trying to, like, feel himself out and get, you know. But then because he's on a minutes restriction, he got pulled in that first quarter, right? So he didn't even have the whole quarter to really, you know, do anything. But by the second, the third, and the fourth, you know, he said after the game, like, he felt like he got stronger as it went on. So, like, that's what it looked like to me. I didn't really feel like he was passive. I mean, I think there was a point in time where I said, where I was like, okay, Steph, this is a you game, clearly. Like, these are the guys, you and, like, you and play. That's it. It's, it's a y'all game, but... Um, I, I wasn't mad at him and I never felt like he was being passive or a beta or mm -hmm. whatever other nonsense people say. Like, I, I thought he looked good coming off, like, you know, being out for as long as he was. What was it, a month, essentially? Yeah. And like I said, 20 shots and six free throws, which is which is really like 25 shots or something like that, 23. Um, yeah, they scored 18 points in the first quarter. They scored 18 points in the third quarter. That... I mean, I guess you can say he could have been a little bit more aggressive there, but like a lot of it is, like you said, first quarter, he's getting back on the court since however long ago. And third quarter, they're just sagging off of Draymond, and it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough to score in those situations. It's tough to generate good shots in those situations. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. People are going to talk about Steph being passive until he retires. We know when it's when push comes to shove, he's gonna show up and he did tonight. Twenty seven points on twenty shots is what you should be able to live with from your superstar. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I, I'm over this game. I'm moving on from it. So let's move on, Justin. Let's move on. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. I want to talk about like just the team where they stand right now and the overall outlook for them. So we're still 
I mean, Dre is so tough and sometimes I can be a little hard on him, but I just, I got to give him credit for being tough. Cause like he's been banged up multiple times this year. Um, and now he just got this recent injury and he's like, oh, I just got to play through it. And, you know, and went out there and still had like a really good game. So, I mean, now you have Dre playing banged up and I don't, my guess is like that finger is really not going to get anywhere close to normal until after the season ends, whenever that should end for him, because they don't have like any really big sh- like breaks <laughs> for the rest of the season. And then you're out there and you're banging bodies and stuff. And like his hand is probably going to be getting hit <laughs> over and over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they will probably find more things to like protect him to give him some more protection than because now that they, I don't even know. Is it a dislocated finger? Is it just like a jammed finger? I'm not really sure. They just said like an injury. Is that did did you get any more clarification on what it might be? No. We just, we just know it's not broken. Yeah. We know the X-rays were negative, so it's not broken. So I'm sure they will find something more to protect him. They probably were working with like whatever they had tonight on the road, but you know, I'm sure that they will make sure he's as protected as can be, but like that finger is going to be that finger now for the rest of their season. So you have Dre playing with that, um, you know, and so shout out to him, but also we still got to get GP two back from injury and we have to, hopefully get wins back at some point so they still got pieces to work back in like you already said earlier right they gotta like reintegrate those guys back in um so i I just i'm not sure what to kind of expect for like the warriors they need to make sure they stay out of the play-in and get their guys back and steph steph had like a quote tonight where he said something like yeah, we're still going for a championship and we're also trying to stay out of the plan. Like both things can be true. Um, but it's it's really true. It's like, I mean, honestly, once they get to the postseason, it's like a new slate and this wonky season doesn't matter. But yeah. I guess my point is sort of that they like, <laughs> you know, um, Vincent Goodwill came on Brother from Another last week when I was hosting and um ashley nicole moss like when vincent was doubting the warriors as he often likes to do and you know she was like a lot of this sounds like very similar to what people were saying last year you know because she's just like i don't know i'm not counting out the warriors and he's just like oh there's one big difference though with last year Um, they started with like a cushion and so you know because they basically play 500 ball which obviously I know that because Justin, you and I have been saying that like endlessly all season, but yes, that's a difference in how the season went. But at the end of the day, it's not a, the only, the only reason why that matters is that it matters for purposes of their seating, right. And where they are, mm-hmm. but for, for, for whatever reason, for many people, not for me, not for you, for many people, them not having a point in time where they had like a stretch of games where they could win a lot for people kind of makes them feel like they can't do it anymore. Now, I'm just of the position why I don't know why you need to see them do it again. Like, I don't know why they need to keep re- proving themselves to you. Why do you believe more in a regular season team like the Nuggets or whoever who hasn't done it 
because they might show mm-hmm. you a bunch of wins. Like y'all can believe in the Suns all you want. And I get it. They got KD now. But what we also saw was them fold to the Mavericks. We saw Luca and the Mavs go into their home on a game seven and embarrass the shit out of them. Right. So yeah. I'm just like, what like what why do you need to see Clay, Dre, Steph? loon show you over again that they know how to play and win together i just i don't have to see it to know they can do it and i don't really care that we haven't seen it all season like i i I get that i get that it will sound like a bunch of excuses but there were really different things at every point in the season that led to why you didn't see like a stretch us like injuries early stuff with Wiseman, just a whole bunch of different factors. But at the end of the day, it just, the reality is they have not been intact for most of the season. And when they were not intact for most of the season last year, they were a 500 ball club. So it's not just the differences that they won in the first half of the season last year. The difference is they were intact They had their team. And so they were able to play the games to give you that stretch. And they just haven't had that. They had their full team intact for a very short portion of the beginning of the season this year. But unfortunately, during that time, they were trying to integrate a bunch of young guys in. And then once they decided to stop doing that, that's when all the injuries started occurring. And that's just the reality of the season. You know, so like that road record is fake to me because so many of those games were not played with their key guys. So, yes, I get that uh, some of them were played and Steph was there and they still lost and blah, blah, blah. But it, it matters that the team wasn't intact. You have different guys closing. You have different guys in and out of the lineup. It's not going to be cohesive. They're not going to have their regular chemistry. And to me, that just makes so much common sense. But like to others, they're just like, I don't know. I just don't believe in them. I haven't seen it yet. And I'm just like, well, I, like, I'm not really. I mean, it's clear. Yeah, it's clear those people are just like casual watchers of the standings and just like, you know, look at the numbers and stuff like that. You I mean, you can't really. Saying that? I feel like it's like regular Warriors fans, too. No. Do you think it's just some casual? People, some people are saying it, um, but I think those people are just naturally pessimistic. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you said, you, you provide context to the situation um, and it's clear as to why like we all think that their record could still be better given the, the the circumstances that's been going on this season. But when you put those circumstances out on the table, it's like eh? you know what I mean? Like Steph has missed, what they say, 26 games. They're 14 and 12 without Steph, which is amazing that they can even do that. Exactly. Like, to Uh, me, that's like the story of the season, that this is the first year that they've been able to not just maintain a 500 record, over a 500 record, and win so many games without him. Right. Exactly. I mean, Dante missed um, eight of the first 11 games, and they went one and they went two and seven or two and six, whatever that is. and then he missed two more games later on in the season. They lost both of those games. So clearly their main guys are very important to what they do because they didn't, um, you know, show up the the bottom, bottom of the roster like last year's was, where you got guys like Damian Lee and JTA and veterans who know how to play in the system. Now you got very young guys, guys who may be over the hill, 
um, stuff like that at the bottom of the roster. So you can't really plug out a main guy being being injured or not playing with a guy who's a veteran that just knows how to play. Um, so it's just been tough to navigate all season. And like I said, give me a stretch where all their guys are healthy, where they're playing all together and see where they, see where they fall then, right? Because they have not had that all season long. Like you said, early in the season, all their starters were healthy. But like I said, Dante missed like eight of their first 11, 12 games. He's a he's such an important piece for them. Um, and then it's like once he came back, then guys started like falling off, right? Like Steph got hurt. Wiggins got hurt. Wiggins got sick. Um, now he has a personal thing. Steph got hurt again. Um, and you know, a lot of that time was Steph and Wiggs was together. Right. So a lot of that right. time with Steph and Wiggs was missed together. Clay wasn't playing back to back. And both Clay and 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 Draymond were not in shape to start the season because like of different for different reasons, but it was the case for both of them. Right. Right. Clay wasn't in physical shape. Draymond wasn't in leadership shape. <laughs> um and JP's been kind of like, like you said, been yanked and put in so many different situations all season long where he hasn't really had a stretch of consistent, um, you know, responsibility for for an extended stretch of the season other than when Steph is out, which is obviously not going to be his role when the team is whole. Um, so it's, it's you can provide contact to the situation and see why they are where they are. Um, and like you said, they haven't lost in the West since Steph, Dre, and Clay have been named starters other than when somebody's hurt or misses a, a game or something like that. So how can you bet against that? And how can you pick these other teams that haven't done anything <laughs> over that just because they're quote unquote struggling over the regular season when their struggles have been mainly tied to health and just continuity um, and just, you know, guys being in and out of lineups. Like it's, it seems pretty and in most to me. Of these games, except for like the bad teams. And I know people get so worked up about those. They, oh, it's embarrassing. But like they're in all these games for the most part. And they're competitive and they're like right there. So it's just like, I'm just like, y'all, like, I'm sorry, but like, I just believe, I'm sorry, I'm going to believe in the Warriors. That's what I'm going to do until they just lose and that's it. And so it's pretty easy for me to believe Justin, but it seems to be hard for others. Um, So I'm not going to spend time trying to convince them anymore. I like, I'm just where I am and that's it. And that's why like a night like tonight, I don't feel that's stressed out, but I'm curious with like, they have OKC and they have um, Memphis, um, the Grizzlies, and then they have a game at home. Um, who's that game against at home this weekend? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh yeah, it is Milwaukee. So do you see, you know, I think Ty Jerome only has like about five games left. I think he's has like at least five more. Do you see a place in, then they have Phoenix. That's also at home. But like, do you see a place, I guess, in the next upcoming games where they would try to utilize up his, his spot to have just like an extra body? Like, is there anywhere that he could fit and anyone that he could spare minutes to? I don't see it. I don't see it with Steph. Steph JP. Yeah, I think he's done unless somebody gets hurt again, God forbid. But you know, Steph, JP, Dante, and Clay, they're taking all the guard minutes. Um, so 
I don't, I don't yeah, yeah I'm just only trying to ask because I'm just trying to figure out like what their plan is um so that's that's really really more why I'm asking but you know they need to okay look a Milwaukee win would be really big and it's home so they really need to try to beat Milwaukee and they need to just just because they just need to beat the Suns one time this year I know everybody's going to get up for that game especially with Katie being here but they got two games before that they got OKC and they got Memphis. So if they could win the next four games, and to be honest, they got to win that Clippers game just so they owe the tie break. Because right now, if the Clippers win it, then they're 2-2. Yeah. I think that Milwaukee game is a little tricky just because it's sandwiched in between two very high emotional stakes games, the Memphis game and the Phoenix game. So I'm not, I'm not going to put nothing out there in the air, but it just seems like a – a they're tough gonna be game they're gonna have to win, and it's also at, well, yes, they're at home. They're at they're home, and it's also home. like a midday game. Yeah, but five five thirty is not so bad. It's early evening, but you sure. know they they got like pretty embarrassed the last time they played Milwaukee. And I just, I have a thing about like not being swept for the regular series. Like I don't care if you get swept for the regular series against Detroit when Detroit is, but like for a potential, (laughs) for a potential team that you can see, I feel like you got to try to win one of those games. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, the game that, they they really needed to have beaten the Lakers tonight because they've beaten Memphis twice this year. So if they would have took that L there, it would have been okay. But now you really got to win the next one, two, three, four, five games. So there you have it. They got to win it. I don't know that they will, but they got to win it. So anyways, listen, um, as always, guys, thank you for giving us your time. We know you could be spending it elsewhere. It's only our second video, so full video that you guys can watch the whole show. So I hope you're enjoying it. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Um, and, yeah, let's get back to winning. Let's get back to winning. But the vibes are good over here, but let's get back to winning again. Right? They're going to get back to winning. Right, Justin? For sure. Okay. Ooh. Anyways, y'all, you know, you know the drill. Follow we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Five stars. Um, you know, share it with someone. Tell people about us. We appreciate it. Until next time, and you'll be hearing from us a lot because they just have games like every other night. But until next time, <laughs> take care, and we will be talking to you soon.